welcome back, Calm listeners. This is Methodical Millions, where you can better your future and better yourself. Cal, what's going on with the world now? It seems like everywhere we turn, prices are going up. So are we running into the real world effects of inflation? Lumber went up four times from 20 to $80. Everything just seems to be getting more expensive. So I wanted your opinion on that. If we can dial back and see, was the money printing the issue or did something else stop during COVID where whatever keeps inflation at bay maybe wasn't happening? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I looked into this and like you mentioned, commodities seem to be rising in prices. So lumbar going through the roof, you have copper also hitting all-time highs, steel. From what I gather is there are a few things that come into play. First, you have the excess of money supply that perhaps helped contribute to it. And when there's more money around, money becomes cheap, it loses its buying power, things start to increase in price. But the main issue seems to be the supply chain With COVID, everything shut down and closed down the demand end of things in terms of purchasing anything, really, homes, vehicles, gas, has dropped significantly during that time, which is last year, 2020. And what that has caused is a chain reaction to cut down on the supply and to not have over excess inventories. We had that issue with oil in April of 2020 when oil prices went negative for a period of time. So all of that has had its effects. And now as the global economy is opening up again at quite the rapid speed, what this has caused is a sudden increase in demand. There are funds around, there's money around, and there's not enough lumbar to build homes. There's not enough copper. There's not enough oil for all this demand. So this has pushed commodity prices higher. And with that, pushing other aspects of items and homes, like I mentioned, much higher as well. So that has caused a big part of what we see as inflation today. And there are other stories where, for example, big corporations, companies like McDonald's are having challenges hiring people right now. So what they're doing is they're increasing their wages to bring in more staff. The reason with that is with the current stimulus plan that the feds have been providing, it makes it quite difficult for them to see, oh, well, I'm getting a check for this two weeks or one month or whatever it is. Then why would I go and work a low minimum paying job and put myself through stress for that? So for them to actually increase the demand or to cover their requirements for hiring, they have to increase their wages. So that's also inflationary. They have to pay more to create more jobs. That's the idea behind it. There are a lot of other things as well that can come into play. And we've seen that effects on this inflation, even though a lot of people believe that it's a transitory inflation period, it's not going to be a lasting period. Who knows if it's a few months, one to two years seems to be the consensus. And we've seen the effects of it on equities and stocks prices pushed lower because that will reduce their earnings expectations, their profit potential, and usually higher inflation causes more market volatility, especially higher growth stocks. I think the biggest driver or incentive to not work at McDonald's is being 18 years old. You work at McDonald's for two weeks and then your friend who you think is lazy isn't working. Your parents said you should work. Go make the world better. Put your life at risk. And 
that lazy friend decides to open a Robin Hood account because he's bored and makes ten or twenty thousand dollars. How's that gonna make you feel? So it's really breaking the idea of what's required in this world and it's breaking convention. I kind of like it for those reasons. I mean, there is a shift in people's mentality of what to do with their time. I just had a talk with a client about downsizing from two to one car. Happens all the time. I've seen it so many times last year. Why spend an extra incremental thousand dollars a month for a car to sit in the driveway between gas insurance and car payments? Not only that, we chatted about going back. At the beginning, a year ago, it was very much about, we'll see what the boss says. That's who dictates how it works. But I think people have more leverage now. They have more free time. You take away two hours of commuting round trip. And at the end of the day, I'm hearing people changing their work hours. They may work a couple times a week or off peak hours. If the productivity is there, who cares? Why can't you start at 10 and leave at 6 or 6.30, for example? And I think Finland just announced a four-day work week with a six-hour day. We'll see if that hits any legislation. I've heard of some of the European countries been traditionally more liberal with vacation days. I think what it comes down to is looking at yourself and saying, if not now, then when? This is the perfect time to rethink everything and say, I can change and I can work on the side project. It's amazing what you can get done by just a little bit of learning and all that. So I really can't blame kids for not wanting to work like that. And it's not necessarily McDonald's, but it's a burger flipping shortage. Restaurants can't fill positions. And I don't blame them. I saw a stat that was $2 minimum wage if you're a server because you'll get tips, but that's not guaranteed. And I mean, I used to work for tips. It would make all the difference when you're starting out in your career. But if you don't have a tipping day, you're working for nothing. And that almost defers the employment cost to the people across the table. It makes no sense. It's not taxed. It's not accounted for in employment expenses. I think it is a bit backwards. It should be done out of generosity, not out of necessity. So lumber, for example, is going to probably drive up new builds. That makes sense. That cost will be factored into the prices. I think mortgages are all controlled. The driver of house prices is the lending rate from the banks. That's essentially their lever to either grow or cool the market. We saw that a couple of years ago with Vancouver with things like empty home taxes and it's just an orchestra of rules and regulations that decide who get wealthy and who don't. But what I think we're seeing here is an accidental wealth capture, not necessarily transfer because for all the millennial and Gen Zs, so if you're under 25, for example, let's say even under 35 who have been kicked in the teeth for flat wages in the last 40, 50 years, but everything else has been rising between food, tuition, rents, house prices. Now with being a personal investor, you can take $100 and make money. It actually evens the playing field. I think it's great. You can probably Uber and then when you're not driving, you can trade stocks or something. And as Cal said in the past, day trading itself is super tricky. It's not like everyone's going to get rich, but the fact that it's happening, I think is going to breed innovation. So we talked about Vitalik before, the founder of Ethereum. He just became a billionaire. He donated a billion dollars to COVID relief in India. He is the perfect example of new money. Very smart. He came up with Ethereum to make the world better. And all of a sudden now he's giving back and he's still super young. Do you need a better example than that? That's amazing. I think the answer to someone who has to deal with inflation, we always used to joke when we realized things were so expensive. 
just make more money. That's the answer. It's of course not as straightforward all the time, but I think your odds are much better if you're hyper-focused in learning and trying new things. And there's a reason why these people become successful. It's not like they're lucky as we talked about. So I think your chances improve much, much more by putting in the work, by trying things and learning a skill and learning what the crypto space is about or what an NFT is and all these kinds of things. It's never been easier. And now history is repeating itself. 10 years ago was the smartphone app era. So make an app. Some guy sold a calendar to Microsoft for $100 million. And that was like the golden ticket. Maybe some kind of blog website or a lot of sites were bought up by legacy companies. I've heard of blog websites getting bought up by AOL. Mark Cuban made his money by getting bought up by Yahoo. He had a pre-YouTube broadcast streaming service. And that was the age of build a small business and sell it. And now we've gone to the individual. So we've gone to make an e-com store. I think what I'm learning is the secret sauce is not so secret. There's places you can go online. As we mentioned, Twitter, pick your favorite social media. There's people discussing these things on there. And people who actually have made millions or have really tried and tested things. And if you've got an ID in a bank account, I think that's all you need. You can go buy a $200 Chromebook or even a smartphone. Go buy a used smartphone on Kijiji and just your head and some free time. People found it very easy to not find time in general is the sentiment, which is, okay, life's hard. I don't have time to do things. But in the last 12 months, all people have is time and information. It's the perfect storm. So that's what I would say. Get online, start learning, code, start e-com, learn how to buy some crypto. And eventually, as we had talked about in the past, how your passion chooses you that way, it'll jump at you. You'll find what you enjoy and then work on it. And then maybe you can give back to the world after you made your millions. I think that's how I look at it. So I just wanted to make that comment, which is no matter what inflation goes to in a certain commodity or home prices or cost of education, the more expensive something becomes, the better chance an alternative will come about. Someone will invent an alternative. If driving a car costs a million dollars a day, someone's going to invent a really fast bicycle that's safe. The incentive is there, just economic incentives. And even if you're not business-minded, it's a personal incentive. So how do you make something out of nothing because you can't afford a car or something else? And I think that's the dynamic at play here, which is come up with a cheaper alternative and then you don't pay retail or you don't overpay for whatever is inflated to an absurd amount. And that's what I love about what we're covering here is because all this inflation talk and all these investment talk that a lot of younger millennial and Gen Z are getting into is because they have more financial education, financial awareness. And that's refreshing because growing up, no one taught me any of this. Most parents don't teach their kids this. It's something that you either learn on your own or you have maybe someone that you know that would be able to educate you a bit or guide you into it. And that is very refreshing. So this is the part of it that once you're more financially educated, the race against inflation becomes more interesting. So I was talking to a friend the other day who doesn't touch anything. I mean that they just save as much money as they can and put it into a savings account. And that's all they do. And they get next to nothing on their savings. And they believe that they don't want to spend their money. They're saving for a rainy day. 
And there's nothing completely wrong with that. I'm just saying that for the amount that my friend saved, I mentioned to him that you can put it to work. You're actually losing money against inflation. And now with inflation rising, even if it's transitory, you are losing 2 3%, maybe even more every year. Even though that doesn't sound like much, that actually does add up quite a bit because not only is he losing money against inflation, he's losing opportunity costs. The fact that he's not putting his money into any business, into any investment, even if it's something safe, let's say like a bond of some sort, even though bonds are not really yielding anything right now, the real rate of return on them are effectively negative. There's no advantage of it right now, but if you're able to educate yourself a lot more, you'll be able to actually grow as a person. And that's what we're all after is really the freedom of time. That's all we're all after. Everyone who wants to get wealthy, who wants to get rich, even if they don't know it, you're after the freedom of time. When you have more money, have more time on your hands to focus on what you really want to do or to improve the life of humanity, to improve yourself, or even just enjoy life. This ties in as well with why crypto might be surging is because a significant amount of people, including some people I find very respectable in the financial industry, have holdings in cryptocurrency because they see it as a hedge against inflation. Now, whether that's effective, true or not, that's up for discussion, but they know what they're doing and they believe that their money at the moment best parked into cryptocurrency with the dollar losing its purchasing power. You have the ability to grow your wealth. You know, when you have the younger generation focused on cryptocurrency and we cover cryptocurrency quite a bit on this channel, there's a reason for it. Now, I have to be honest as well that I do see the point of the counter crypto argument of being at a speculative instrument. That is true. But everything that starts is quite speculative, right? When you actually start a business, there's speculation whether it will be successful or not. There are other fundamentals that might support your argument. With crypto, it might be a bit more difficult, but there's a reason why the younger generation sees that. A lot of them understand financials more. They understand what money means a bit more. And a lot of them also have are following the craze and the mania of cryptocurrency. That's not avoidable, but there is a solid fundamental reason with that. And it opens doors. You see a lot of more coins opening up, a lot of tokens opening up because innovation gets driven. People are creating more applications for these coins to create more value, to protect themselves against the inflation. I don't see it necessarily as the case, just because I don't think personally that it'll go to hyperinflation levels, but it's an argument nonetheless. Same thing as you mentioned, the fact that you're able to invest or educate yourself where to put your hard-earned cash. Millennials are known to be actually quite poor in sense of not having actual funds, actual investments as much as the previous generations had. And I think, again, that comes to more of the financial illiteracy that we see. And the fact that now they're a lot more involved, that's quite refreshing in my point of view. Yeah, I don't know the stat, but if I had to guess, I would say financial wealth was present because there were money managers and people had a surplus of money. I very much doubt that people invested on their own without the internet, unless you were into a finance family or someone like a Warren Buffett. But the amount of people working at McDonald's, the ratio of McDonald's people investing on their own in their free time has got to be way higher than it's ever been compared to 1990, compared to any time, because scarcity breeds innovation and it breeds alternatives. This is what has to happen or people in the world are going to be in trouble.
And that's what it comes down to. So speculation is, I think, a dangerous word because there's so many unknowns. And the binary truth is that access to information, access to learning is in abundance now where it wasn't 20 years ago. You're not going to go to a library to learn about finance. You're not going to make the trip and sit in front of books. And you're going to think, am I going crazy? This isn't rational. And those social norms of having a normal life are going to be what take over. And the fact that you can just put your mind at work now, open your smartphone and make money is the prevailing sentiment of the young entrepreneur or the new entrepreneur. And it's becoming socially acceptable to make money. I think that's the difference. And it does matter, I suppose, which circle you're in, but find the circle you want to be like, find the people who are doing what you want to do. And the thing I never understood about inflation itself, the measurement's very convenient. Do I care about 5% a year if I'm making 50% a year of my money? No, I'm not really obsessed with that number. And it's disingenuous because what if you were thinking of buying a house last year, but you attributed the markets to being very uncertain and you waited a year and houses went up 25% on a very high ticket item. Are you ready to spend 150000 or $200,000 more because of what's going on. In the GTA, we're seeing townhouses hit a million dollars. Townhouse prices in the year 2000 were under $200,000. That's way more than two, 3% a year. So how I like to think of it is you need sustainable income. You got to find out how to grow your income if it's not sustainable. And once it is, you got to grow your assets. So if you make $100,000 and life's still expensive, that's what you got to beat. What happens if you have a million or 10 million in the bank in a couple of years? Then all of a sudden, the most expensive thing in the world, which is a house, doesn't really matter. You can write a check and then you slow down inflation for yourself. You know, people always say that time is relative when you do something you enjoy. If you're in control of your own capital generation and money, then yeah, you can write a check for a house or two and you really shift away from the frenzy and the uncertainty. I think that's ultimately what this does, which is, the world can do what it wants. Prices of whatever commodity can go up. As long as you're beating that, it's not even going to be where you're beating it by a couple percent. I think it's too risky. That in itself is way more risky, in my opinion, which is trying to beat inflation by 5%. Because what if you're wrong? Like that house example. So I think that's just what I wanted to cover, which is what are you focusing on? Have you been focusing on anything in the last 12 months since we've gone to this clear shift of everything changing around us and since we brought it up, since day one, have you Googled anything? Have you researched anything? I'd love to hear about it. I want to hear what everyone's working on. Send us an email, info at methodicalmillions.com. Yeah, share with us some ideas. We can spread the word. Yeah, it was a good topic because everywhere you turn, it looks like things are going up. I just want to thank everyone for listening. That was our quick conversation on inflation, and we'll see you next week. So with that said, let's wrap up today's episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of Methodical Millions, where you can better your future and better yourself. Thanks, everyone.